Hello and welcome to this special episode of the ANF podcast. Uh, it's just me in the introduction today, Scott Cassin-Rennie. Our course will be along shortly. Um, unfortunately, well, I say unfortunately, Al has the COVID. And that's not affecting him in any way, shape or form, but I just thought I'd mention that because now we've both had it in the last couple of weeks um, for the first time ever. So it's still there, folks. Keep safe. Um, so I said special episode, and the reason it's special is because today is World FASD Awareness Day, um, 9th of September every year, denoting nine months for pregnancy. And really, it's an awareness day to try and encourage those who uh, may be thinking of starting a family or who may be pregnant essentially to not consume alcohol during that time. Now, if you're a regular listener, you'll know that, you know, a lot of the work that I do now is, well, it's with FASD Ireland, um, whether it's, um, you know, running the office or promoting our organisation, applying for funding, uh, doing the other podcast, um, doing training, workshops. Um, It's a really, really big part of my life, Um, not least because... I know at least one of my children has FASD. Um, Yeah. So we thought we'd dedicate today to World FASD Awareness Day. Um, And a couple of weeks ago, we spoke to the effervescent. And yeah, it took me a long long time to work work out how to describe him. But certainly the effervescent um, Jeff Noble. Um, for those of you that don't know, Jeff um, is, um, he has his own podcast actually, um, but he's also an FASD advocate. Um, he does a lot of training. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to give too much away about him. If you know him, you know him. And if you don't, then you'll find all find out all about him in the podcast that's in the interview that's coming up. So yeah, um, so today is, um, like I say, World FASD Awareness Day, the month of September, obviously being the nine month, uh, sorry, the the ninth month of the year, um, is also World FASD Awareness Month. So um, get digging around on the old um, social media, share posts from different organisations. It may not be something that affects you, but the chances are you either know somebody or you know of somebody with FASD um, in the world somewhere. Um, It really does affect our community. um, And, um, you know, I'm not going to go into the stats and statistics um, of FASD around the world, but certainly, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of good work going on, but there's still a lot to do. Hence the reason we need to raise awareness. So have a listen to this interview with Jeff Noble and Al and I will be back soon. Tati bye. So um, today we are joined by the noble Jeff Noble. Is that oh. I was going to say HRH, but I think noble Jeff Noble is probably the the description I would give you. Um, so he's with us for the next hour, maybe. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, thank you Hello. very much. Thank you, Al. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for having me. I appreciate both of you. Uh, the last you. name. It's a good last name. I, I think it's easy to understand and spell and and say and all that good stuff. <laughs> and the first name is not too bad. Either, yeah, it's so. kind of plain. And I guess it's important because, uh, you know, I've been lucky to travel all over the world and speak about FASD. And some of the countries I go to, like if I'm signing a book, I'll say, oh, what's your name? And then by like the third name in, especially in New Zealand, I was like, so how do I spell your name? Please sound out all the consonants and the vowels. and right. That's what it's like. So Jeff sees 
Yeah. Well, that, that's like why Jeff. you're here. Jeff's a good name. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, oh, yeah, that's your name as well, actually. That's yeah, your yeah. Jeff's, name, Jeff's isn't it? my He's... first name, yeah. The oh, yeah, yeah, monikers, aliases. Yeah, yeah, it means peace. means peace. There you go. Oh, oh it does. See, look at this. Oh, yeah, awesome yeah. stuff. Yeah, I have um, through, uh, through this ancestry, ancestral, I do have connections. Uh, Scotland and England, I'm a big, that's a big of who I am, my family came over from uh, the Shetland Islands mm. and then settled uh, here in Ontario, Canada, which is where I am from. Mm. Excellent. Cool. Well, I was just going to say that FASD is why you're here. So give us some yeah. background about who you are. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. If you're hearing about me for the first time, my name is uh, Jeff Noble. I am. Uh, I run an organization. I'm the founder of uh, Noble Initiatives, and we run FASD Success. What our job is to do is to help those who are raising individuals with FASD uh, uh, have more good days at home and become better advocates in the community. And we do that through online workshops. We do that through in-person workshops, social media, you name it. If I could talk it, touch it, type it, um, that's what we're gonna do. And we've been doing that since about 2012. Prior to that, I became involved because I was a foster parent. Uh, that's what uh, got me started. That's what, uh, uh, you know, I, I was bitten by the bug. So that's a little bit of, uh, about me and my background. And so that's why I'm here with you guys. Mm. Can I ask you? So I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, yeah, sorry, I'm cutting across yeah. Scott. Here we it's go. Here we go. Why I'll, did you become I'll a be foster carer? Uh, if you could, yeah, just, you just, you, know, you just play on your phone. No, no, the I, banter is like good. It's good. Uh, I just want to make sure I'm paying attention uh, and listening as is what I have to focus on. Anyway, so uh, how do I become a, or why? How or yeah. why? Uh, both. Okay. Well, that's a great uh, question. So uh, as, because I don't, um, I, as far as, as far as formal education, I only have high school, right? In fact, school wasn't for me. Uh, I, I liked it, but I was gone so fast. Like I looked like back to the future behind me, right? As soon as grade 12, got it. Hallelujah. Uh, and uh, we're out of there. So uh, I was into the foray of the working world. I was in sales at the time. I had um, I was with my uh, girlfriend, wife, now baby mama, Tara. She was getting her bachelor of social work and she was working with a organization where 99% of the individuals, their clients were on the spectrum. And this was way back in like 08. So they were way ahead, like way ahead, even, even in uh, Canadian terms, uh, about understanding the kids, the condition and how to manage manage it. So it was uh, a group home setting slash foster home placements, you know, as, a, as an agency. And she was working there because she was getting her bachelor or social and she used to just tell me the, the most pardon the politically correctness, okay, because sometimes I just can't. Uh, uh, she used to tell me the most crazy stories. And I'm using this in a yeah, literal. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, she yeah, used to tell me these crazy stories about how these kids look normal, they talk normal, yet they act so disabled. And she would tell me, uh, uh, you know, you're not supposed to disclose, you know, you're not supposed to bring the work home, but you do anyway. So don't judge me. I'm just being honest about it. Right. Like, come on. OK, so uh, she would just tell me these stories. Then one day she said, hey, you know, what, Jeff, I think this is something you would like to do. And while it was true, I was looking for a, a job. I was looking for something else uh, as much as I enjoyed sales. 
because I don't know if you can tell that I was in sales beforehand, working with like national charities. I love that part. Didn't like the corporate part. So um, I said, well, Tara, don't you need some sort of formal education, university, college to work with vulnerable youth? And she says, uh, dude, judging by the rest of the people that work here, I don't think so. Uh, so I I did. I went and uh, did the interview and was honest. And that's how I slowly got in. And I started working with this young man, Troy. Um, I, I kept getting promoted. It wasn't because I was better than it, it was from attrition. Right. People were quitting. You know, yep. uh, staff were burning out. Uh, and then from there, I took some trainings on FASD and I didn't understand them. They were uh, academic -y, medical jargon, too drab, too boring. But I stayed in the in the, in the hunt. And finally, I worked with this young man named uh, Clayton. And in order to like we were living where his family lived and in order to uh, really help him, we needed to bring him back down to where our agency was. And I was working with him Monday to Friday and they said, you're doing a great job. Um, how about being his foster parent? Because we want to move him back and but we'll subsidize your housing and all that stuff. So obviously they pitched it. So two part answer. One is that I liked working with him. I thought it was easy Two, I paid $1,700 for a 600 square foot condo. And then they said, we'll move you all in here. So that was a two-parter. Sorry if it was a long answer, but that is how <laughs> I got there. And so it's what I did learn. It was different. Um, and that's when I got my real education about what it was like living yeah. with an individual when you live with an individual. While I was working Monday to Friday, when Friday came, I was able to leave go and relax and, you know, enjoy and, and get ready um, for the next Monday. But when we moved in together and I did like uh, my home study in two days, now I know what I know. That's probably not the best thing. Uh, <laughs> but when Friday came out, I couldn't go home. Yeah. And that's when the lesson, the honeymoon period. And then it just went anyway. So that's how I got Thank into you. the game, sir. Excellent. Scott, I'm going to, I have this habit no, of no, over-questioning Scott. So I'm Scott. You... No, it's all good because um, that was my question anyway, especially because like 2012 seems... Yeah, long. I'll make the rest of them shorter. That was just the intro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, background. 2012 seems a long time ago um, in... Yeah. I, I guess in, in the environment that I work in, being in Ireland, you know, it's, it's, there's been stuff kind of bubbling on in the background for years, but nothing kind of real mm. and... and so I guess for for me, 2012 seems like years ago. And if you've been kind of in that environment since 2008, everybody yeah. seems to think Canada is so far ahead when it comes to FASD. And then you speak to people and they're like, well, it is, but it's not. And, you know, is, is that is is that your experience? So my experience is that it is in pockets in small pockets they screen they they have they do the best so you hear about them more they know what they're doing um and so that's why it would seem such as uh like that but in pockets um but for the most part it's just like where you live people have no idea um they don't know that they don't know and they don't know that they probably love someone or know someone who is on the spectrum uh, yeah. and that's the sad part about it uh, because just residually, how many families can you change the tra trajectory of by just um, filling in those gaps of why do they do this? Why are they like this? Uh, with good, solid education and evidence. Um, and from my experience working with families, 
you know, in our online coaching programs. Um, that is one of the one of the reasons for sure. Mm. So to answer, um, yes, I was involved. And uh, the, the reason why I sort of jumped on it was uh, while I just had education, like high school education, I was getting lived experience with Clayton, even though it was awful in terms of it was just hard, right? Because I went from being a uh, like a child and youth guy to now I thought the moniker foster parent. I didn't yeah. parent. I wasn't a parent before, Al. Uh, and so I thought tighter rules. You can't do this. You can't do that. And well, you know what that is like. Uh, so long story short, by Christmas, I had I was like 40 pounds heavier than I am now. It was riddled with anxiety, uh, panic attacks, never knew and or experienced those before in my life. Just the amount of of cortisol pumping through your body. Like I, in my trainings, I'll often say this. I'll say uh, I used to be able to tell by the way my because he slept upstairs when his foot hit the ground. I could tell what kind of start we were going to yeah. have to that day. Isn't that? And my stomach would go in knots and I'm like, Oh, you're just not prepared for the nose and the, all that other stuff. Right. So fast forward, I thought I was going to get fired. Uh, my girlfriend, wife, she actually left because it was so hard. We were butting heads. Right. Yeah. It was like, you know, and I remember being in my first training and the trainer saying, who here is a uh, is a social worker? And and my wife put up her hand and a few others. And they said, you're going to have the toughest time with this. This population is going to give you the, uh, uh, the the hardest go here uh, because of the way uh, they were taught. And then I was able to I thought I was going to get fired. But instead, my boss actually gave me an opportunity to um, the Toronto Children's Aid Society would be the equivalent to what do you guys call child protection where you live? Well, well, in the UK, we would say children's uh, social yeah, services. Yeah, we yeah. say uh, children's aid, right? Uh, yeah. uh, so there's uh, the biggest in Canada in Toronto uh, is the uh, Toronto Children's Aid. They have something called the Child Welfare Institute. It's like their own learning annex. They were putting on the very first FASD certificate program funded by Health Canada, and he wanted me to go. And so um, at first I was like, I thought I was getting fired. B, that means I have to keep the kid. C, right? Because <laughs> yeah, just a little poke there. Uh, C, I hadn't been to school since grade 12, and I took that FASD certificate course and it changed my life because now I got the academia and I learned if, uh, it within a year, like it took the year to learn from, from that. It was the type of course where you would go stay for a week and then leave, go home, so on and so forth. And it changed me, uh, because I was able to go back home and take what I've learned. And I, we started to have better days. Now it wasn't like I came back home and said, here, Clayton, try these cables. Like, it wasn't like that. You know what changed? I changed. Yeah. yeah. I, I, the way I started to see him changed. And that's how we slowly rolled into me saying, wait a tick. Yeah. There's something here. So that's how. Cool. All right, Scott, um, we're going to have to have a, um, you just hold that thought for a second, Jeff. Uh, literally, this is the, the, this, we need to get this on track because Jeff, you are, you are, Full of information. You are an amazing guy. So we're gonna be gonna be 
reining you in so we can get to the end. Otherwise, we'll not get to the end. Um, and you are infectiously enthusiastic. Um, I'm just being me. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so you, at that point, you've kind of, you've all of a sudden, you've immediately seen the difference between uh, a professional perspective, because that's where you were working, to yeah. a parental kind of. Uh-huh. All, you know, all, all of the perspectives. All of the perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. You, so you've, it's totally changed your perspective. You kind of uh-huh. go, oh, hang on. This is 24-7. This gets under your skin in a way that yes. nothing else can get. Uh-huh. I, I started to learn the difference. Uh, I started to see behaviors as what yeah. they were. They were symptoms. Yeah. Right. And um, so, so, yeah, that, that's a big no, it's thing. Okay. I, I've just, what I've realized yep. is you, I, I'm, the, I'm the same sort of guest as you is that it, I say this to my wife, I say, if you don't interrupt, you're going. Don't get to talk. That's how it Ooh, works around yeah, yeah, here. So, uh-huh. so don't. So don't worry. I'm. I'm not. This is how it goes. I'm the same as Scott. Scott. Scott will talk, and I have to talk over him because he's just. Yeah, he never yeah, shuts yeah. up. You know, <laughs> as you can see, he's just. It's all good, Al. I am not offended by you cutting me off. Like, let's get to the goods here. <laughs> Ask me about we, the top three, the top two, whatever you want. What's up? We, we'll get to the goods. We had a politician on recently. We would only let him answer in yes, no's, but he was. He was it's like tying his hands behind his back. Bless him. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bless him. So can you tell me um, then, because obviously that's still 10 years ago and you've got, you've come from a position to a place now where you've got FASD success. You're, a, you yeah. know, your job is you're a huge advocate for parents. Right. Thanks, and, man. you know, you're you're kind of you're championing the, the rights of children, the needs of children, you're championing the rights of parents. So how do you get from there, which is like you hit rock bottom. Yeah, you've got your first rung on the level. What was the the pathway to where you are now um, and yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, the Coles Notes version is during uh, the course in Zaid, we were learning how to do case consultations, right? Actually bringing in yeah. because you're, that's what you're training for to do that. And then I heard uh, it would be, uh, you know, our facilitator, the rest of the students, which I thought, by the way, when I say students, they were all executive directors and, and, and case managers from major organizations across Canada. And I, uh-huh. looked, I was the one looking like Spicoli in there. Right. So anyway, and so they would have the uh, the parent with the wraparound, the teachers, anybody involved with their life. And then I heard over and over and over and over again, uh, uh, we're alone, we're isolated. Nobody gets yeah. it. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. uh, the school doesn't get it. Uh, uh, my, my, my spouse doesn't get it. Uh, my extended family doesn't get it. The ed- education justice. I feel like I'm going crazy. Yeah. And I heard that over and over and over and over started to get survivors guilt a little bit, uh, because we were killing it now, not every day with sunshine and rainbows because you're dealing with a, a brain that is unpredictable, even if they want to do well. Right. Uh, and that is what happened. And so over and over and over again, I heard this and I thought, well, man, uh, what we could, what could we do? And then I heard about uh, the prevalence and just, you know, it being the largest cause of developmental disabilities in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. I put two and two together. I always wanted to do my own thing, become a speaker. Uh, I remember even getting a, co- a consultation at 16 and they said, what would your topic be? And all of a sudden it went bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And and um, it spurred me on because I learned what the answers were. Not all of yeah. them, but I can certainly you know, I was certainly getting good at stopping aggression and meltdowns. We were certainly having more good days. It's like and, you got the keys. You got the keys to the kingdom. But not all of it, because we. Do, I don't know everything. I'm not a doctor. I'm not yeah, a lawyer. Yeah, I'm not a yeah. social worker. I just want to make sure the expectations 
I don't want to seem like a Dr. Doolittle because the what I do is train people to also speak the same language. So it's not like, oh, Jeff, he's the only one who could do it because I don't want parents to see that I'm a um, six rungs far away. I'm I get yeah, mad yeah. and I yell and, you know, say shit and, and all that stuff. That's why <laughs> I say that. So uh, from there, I said, man, we got to I just a fire lit uh we did this reality show where i got to the it was about your finances but that's i didn't really care about that it was the fact that i got to say (laughs) fasd not about the finances but i got to say fasd on tv um and then i wrote a book but it does but i know it seems like oh yeah and then we created an online coaching program that's in its 10th year and then we also have a long-term support program called the fasd caregivers club which by the way was just involved with a study with the university of alberta um so we're literally in a long-term study they're studying the effects of my program uh and their material on the caregivers long term so and and i've been able to speak all around the world uh uh, you know, I use that I, lots of places, lots of places. And so now we are back here and uh, I had a long ass six months and uh, rested up, as you can tell, and ready to rock and roll. There you go. That's how I got here. That's just, this is how we're here. That's the cool. <laughs> Thank you. That's fantastic. not to mention the website and the Facebook group and all that, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. I mean, the we'll, building we'll, the audience. No, I mean, and that's important, isn't it? Because I think there's always this tension, um, I think, between ha- having a great message and selling it. It's it's no good you having all uh, having a really good kind of understanding and developing and a way of helping people. But if you're just sat in your house going, what? Oh, it's, it's you've, you've got that to was it. my I had a I had a I had a thing, uh, a question like I had a decision to make. Do I stay like I was uh, at this point? I was now for this agency, their area FASD specialist. Like I was getting to see five or six kids a day, depending on what we were dealing with in the different homes. It was awesome. But I had a decision to stay and like maybe do that and be a foster parent. Or do I open myself up? And if I am feeling like this, other people might be feeling like this. Hence, yeah. started a Facebook page when I don't didn't even know what that was about. I was just posting <laughs> the little snippets that I knew and what made sense to me. And then it made sense to other people. And, yeah. you know, and at the end of the day, I know that people don't really uh, care about me. Uh, they just want to, the answers that I have and they want to learn what I learned. So uh, I know that. And that's why, you know, the, the goal is always to lead with value with our company. Yeah. And I, I think as well, I mean, you know, my interpret, sorry, my um, kind of, what's it called? Not interpretation. My, um, what I see from other parents who speak about you is that you validate their, feelings their um experiences um and you know you just mentioned there earlier on that you know it's not about changing the child because that's not yeah actually and what was interesting because when you came to air you were in scotland when Mm. was that just like a couple months ago feels like a couple years ago in april april oh i know you've done your homework mate yes Um, just paying attention that's all <laughs> um but there was I, I that's first time i've ever been to an event with other parents present wow awesome for, for fasd anyway i mean Ooh. obviously i've done adoption and fostering and stuff like that but sure no, never FASD. but it was just it was it, the, it, the tribe yeah, right it was yeah and that's i guess that validation is probably one of the most important things that you 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 find your tribe and your tribe actually support you is is, is that kind of where you've gone with it 
because it seems to me that is what that's what happens you've got a yeah. massive massive group of people who come together whether it be online or whether it be yeah Australia. florida we just had our yeah. first conference in florida which was all us like all of our uh people that are in our online coaching program so that oh my gosh it, it was uh yes go what was the question again I don't know if there was one to be <laughs> oh, okay. So validation, yeah. I think, is where we were. Here's why. Here's why it's validation and not blowing smoke up their ass. It's validation. A, I'm able to do that because I've been there. I have absolutely had my ass kicked physically, mentally, verbally, um, in meetings, all of that. Uh, so I I can validate caregivers carers spend so much of their time trying to justify the actions or explain to people you know and i just bypass that because i believe them i believe them yeah. no no caregiver or parent wants to be a shitty parent nobody wants to be blowing up with their kids punishing uh you know going to nobody wants that nobody wants that there's obviously a, a gap they they're lonely they feel isolated they have a child or children that look normal have great expressive language uh but absolutely have no impulse control uh memory issues uh, language issues all of those things so their actions look like it's willful and purposeful because we spend so much time looking at people at face value when that's wrong we really need to be looking at people at their brain value cuz al you know when you look at people with their brain value their face value goes up but if we're taking people yeah. up what they look like and what they sound like it, it, it just it just doesn't work so i validate that and people call me an enablist you know i'll get a thousand good comments at a conference and then three are saying you're an enablist you're enabling these kids and these parents good if that's what people are calling me good uh, i'm all about hel helicopter parenting and i am all about good accommodations uh, because if you spent time with our kids like I don't have mm. to explain that to people. So I, I'm not, my goal isn't to try to convince people that this is a thing. My job is to validate that what parents have been dealing with for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years is a thing. They were right all, all along. Let me get you some training. Let me help you out. And you first must validate Scott so that they are open to learning. So when I say, listen, this is tough. You're a human being. It sucks, mm. right? when they realize that like you are the expert on your kid because i'm not like the guru guy uh they're the expert on their kid yeah I, i'm just here as like an advisor a curator right they, they know what their kid sounds like when the breathing changes they know yeah. and so my job is to validate that regulates allows people to participate we give good strong evidence right i'm not trying to convince just trying to help that way and if you've lived it if you have experienced it that's why people say oh because it's yeah. just it's the truth right absolutely yeah. the, the, there's lots of aha moments when you're sitting mm -hmm. well your thank surprise. you thank you very much i mean the, a couple of things that stood out to me and i i've started doing this actually um and i think i've done it a couple of times on the podcast I've, rather than using the word behaviors i've been using the word symptoms because i yeah. think that, that is you you mentioned it um when i was in air and it just it just made sense it made Doesn't sense it? 
it's not it's it's not do you know it's just it is a symptom it's just that's what it's it is. a it's symptom not that's right because well there's and i learned that um from a lady by the name of diane melbourne you know she's one of the pioneers with the neural behavioral model uh she runs uh, facets but that's she originally um mm. that and from a couple of my other uh, tutors but if you look at it and you take if you take a look at FASD logically, so Al, I have a presupposition and my presupposition is that if you asked a child or if someone has ever asked you when you were younger, if you ask them, what do you wanna be when you grow up? I've never met a child that says, you know what, when I grow up, I wanna be an asshole. I want to make my parents' life a living hell, uh, make it so tough even to get ready for school, right? I don't want to get, uh, I don't want to do well in school. I want to get kicked out of class. I want to get suspended. I don't want to get picked for things. I don't want to go to birthdays, make teams, make friends. You know what I want to do? I think I would just might want to get grade nine uh, because that's, you know, the the year, the average year attained for our guys. And then uh, what I would rather do, I think, is uh, um, go on the street, be in a gang, eventually drugs or alcohol severe mental health issues and be in jail or in prison have you ever met a kid that's ever ever said that well, no brother no no, no. <laughs> no so then why is it happening right that's no. right like why is it happening yeah. it's because symptoms we take people at face value we don't understand that there's a lot going on underneath like just think of um it's a brain injury i know i don't know how relevant they talk about cte chronic traumatic encephalopathy uh with football where you guys are and what they're learning about even just doing a header uh yeah. you know over time over time and you don't have to hit your head to to get a concussion right so it is about normalizing organic brain injury but the neurodiversity and normalizing the narrative that interdependence is okay it's okay to rely on each other uh and you can help each other I mean, so in a big way that's what's up all right i mean i've got loads of questions i'd love to get but what i'm really intrigued in this parallel between some of the stuff that scott and i've been doing which is very much related in terms of challenging violent aggressive behavior um, which yeah, is a, what would you like to which know? Is, well, I think it's in, it's hugely interconnected and prevalent within the FASD community. Yeah. Families struggling under the isolation of that. Yeah, aggression um, is one of the biggest things, yeah. And um, the challenge for me has always been that people, parents, because I, I kind of, this is, this, 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 there is a parallel, but um, one of the challenges I always have is that oftentimes parents want to attribute that to the child. And one of the dad, one of the, the tricks is to actually say, if you did things differently, it's not it's not your fault, but if you were behaved a certain way, or if you parented a different way, you might find you get a different result. And that's a really tricky dance, isn't it? And because listening to you, you're you're infectiously enthusiastic. You speak at a thousand miles an hour. You're this kind of like da 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 kind of person. You know, there's no one's into any. Not too fast, that. Scott. Would you would tell me if I'm going too fast, right? No, no, it's fine. It's not a problem oh, okay. at all. But I'm just, I'm conscious that, that some of that stuff is a really sensitive conversation with with parents and carers saying, yeah. actually, how do you manage you that? Caused is that, is that your kid, you, you caused your kid to lose their shit and now they're freaking out. So how do you do that dance? Well, people are hurt though, aren't they? People, you know, people are genuinely, people are physically hurt and also yeah, emotionally, mentally, uh, emotionally. 
Uh huh. So aggression, um, aggression isn't like it's more than just physical. Yeah. You know, it's it's anything where harm, it could be physical, mental, verbal. It's a, a, anything where harm was intended. Yeah. That's that's what aggression is. Now you are right. Aggression is hard. Uh, a lot of our kids do aggress, and there are both. Uh, there are both environmental factors, there are biological factors, there are as many uh, uh, causes of aggression, but I can narrow down a few things for parents, if that's what you like, in a real, real quick uh, Coles notes, and that is, that is this, is that uh, I, I get to... Um, uh, chat and had lots of great discussions with a gentleman by the name of uh, Dr. Mansfield Mella. So Dr. Mansfield Mella is one of the chief researchers. Uh, he's a professor at the University of Saskatchewan, a psychiatrist. He's written a book. He's he is awesome. And, and so that's where, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff comes from. And so basically is he says straight up is that about 95% of all aggression with FASD is impulsive. Right. It is because of impulse issues. Now, when impulse issues meet other areas of the brain that don't function as intended but the individual looks normal and talks normal that's where you will see aggression so how do i balance it by first teaching the parent why their kid is aggressing why individuals on the spectrum may aggress and then it is their job as the expert of their kid to say oh that makes that that that's yeah, that applies to my kid because not everything does is a spectrum right spectrum is all the way from loss of potential which we cannot diagnose all the way to severe health and cognitive issues and every, everywhere else in between, right? What we know though is extreme aggression is uh, one of the biological factors is low cognition, right? Uh, whether a slow cognitive pace, they think slower, maybe they are they have a lower processing speed, perhaps with an uh, IQ issue, but remember, Al, they look normal and they talk normal. And oftentimes their expressive language could be greater than even yeah. their chronological age. So they sound real well. That's what gets us, right? And so what we do know is that cognition is one. So the lower the cognition, uh, the higher the chances for aggression because when they get told no or they have a goal, so let's just know that all behavior is goal-oriented they're trying to hit a goal where all of our behavior is goal-oriented all of it okay whether our goal is to reach homeostasis like to regulate our levels so we're chill or to acquire something you know that gives us dopamine oxytocin like we're that's where our behavior is goal-oriented say a young child uh, or even 10 14 even an adult who is say let's uh, an adult who's 20 years old chronologically one of the things we know about FASD is there's a primary symptom uh, that could occur. It's called a developmental dismaturity, which is different from immaturity. Dismaturity means that the person functions at a level younger than their chronological age. Okay, so yeah. it, it's like as they get older, it, uh, the gap grows. So we have a 20 year old who's developmentally 10 years old, and uh, one of his brain domains and cognition is also uh, uh, low, uh, but he has other strengths. 
he wants to say, I want to ask his mom to go to the shop. I want to go yeah. shop. Can I get a candy? Mom says no. And then the kid melts down, escalates, yeah. aggresses, right? So what happens is, is if you have low cognition and somebody says, hey, uh, um, and it's a blocked goal, think about you, you're going down a road and all of a sudden someone put like one of those concrete middle highway slabs in front of you, okay? If you have low cognition uh, uh, and you struggle with mental flexibility and you have executive functioning issues, planning, organizing, abstract reasoning, problem solving, then you only know of one way. And now that is blocked. And so you are going to try and go through it. And when you yeah, can't get yeah. through it, you're going to get matter and matter and matter and matter and matter. Right. And then you have people beside you talking to you. So now it is filling your brain even more and you're getting even more overwhelmed. The issue is they don't realize because of no fault of their own through either skill or because that's neurologically yeah. where they're at is that they don't realize, oh, you know what? They Someone's coming to buy to pick up the block in two hours. I just have to wait. Oh, you know what? I could climb over the block. Oh, you know what? I could go around the block. The if I really want to hit my to goal, yeah. if I really want to hit my goal, we'll dig under this block. We're going to get there. Your brain could do it. Their brain can't do it. Say la vie. Uh, that is just one reason. All the way to drinking too much water, liquids in general, uh, dilutes your sodium, lowers your glucose. Like, so there's biological, there's environmental, like you were talking about, Al. Um, it, it, you know, they have sensory issues, right? So they have their brain has to filter all this sensory information. Oftentimes the lights are too bright, there's too much talking, it's too loud, it's too hot, whatever the case may be. And that triggers our guys and then they aggress. Oftentimes, once the aggression is gone, once they have entered their fight or flight and have either ran away or have aggressed, they often are sorry after, uh, yeah. they feel bad after. And that is because now their executive functioning is now online. That part of their brain that has empathy, that has understanding uh, is now online. And so that's where you get that afterwards. But as soon as there's yeah. cortisol, I, I could go on for hours clearly, uh, but that, that's just a couple <laughs> of the ways. That's just Not, too, like, so, but there's like, there's more, there's more reasons for aggression. But if I was, I was saying um, oftentimes unspoken stress, we don't listen to our kids. Okay, we don't listen. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You're just bitching. Yeah. You're just nagging. You're complaining. Uh, they have a propensity to do. We have to just pay attention to them. Listen to them. Listen to them. Even if, you know, we're tired and we don't think it's valid because that stress could also uh, build up as well. Big time. Big time. No, no, no. I mean, I, I don't want to, because we could go right down the rabbit hole with that one, because I think that is, yeah, that, that like is that's, that it is, is a, so it is a big one. Um, it, it really, it, it really is a big one. But let me end on this, though, like, or we can trans, uh, we can segue. Aggression's also positive. Okay, well, we look at aggression as a negative way. Uh, Dr. Mella explicitly states, even on my podcast, uh, that if your kid has a propensity to be aggressive, put them somewhere where aggression is okay, right? Because often aggression serves them. Aggression serves them in sport, right? You know, even like a, yeah. a tackle, even a, 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 a on par 
tackle is is aggressive. Rugby, that's martial arts. You know, I, I know of one woman um, or a, a, a dad in, in our group. His daughter uh, fought for Puerto Rico. And her life was a mess until she found MMA because of the structure, routine, yep. consistency, outlet. There's another my other boy, William, who is like just turning 16. I first interviewed him when he was five uh, with his uncle, um, plays football, like American football. And then when the pandemic came and they weren't able to do that, he got his dude into shot put, right? Discus. Now, as he's older, he's doing professional wrestling because his uncle who... <laughs> is also a wrestler, like straight up, even has like red boots, like fight some pretty big guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, so they're together. So that's aggression, right? That's how do you, how do you use it? And, and how do you it and directing uh -huh. it? Yes, yes. Like, where do they need a gym? Do they, how can they express it? And normalizing it's okay to be upset and to be angry, but there's a healthy way to express it. Yeah. I, I do think, you know, um, like Al said, we've been discussing this for years in terms of adoption and fostering. But I think um, the um, the kind of, unless you know, you can't, you don't know how, what you're dealing with and you don't know how to deal with it. I, You know, so like you say, you know, we're not listening um, and we're not managing ourselves to yeah. stop it. Then, you know. And, and they can and, tell and they can tell you're being an ass and you're just they could see it right they're not dumb this has nothing to do with iq they can pick up it's it's about because they know a lot how frustrating is that when you know something you're like oh it's on the tip of my tongue or you're you know could you imagine living your whole day like that because mm -hmm. they know a lot often you know their iqs could be average uh to above average iqs uh it's not what they know it's accessing what they know yeah. when they need to access it because mm -hmm. afterwards scott they'll tell you how they effed up they'll tell you what they did wrong they'll tell you the rules that they shouldn't do and how they weren't going to do it again but they do it again and that's another topic because we'll talk about cortisol <laughs> and arousal and self-regulation and all that that's a it's a 10 year yeah. program too but anyway that's, that's that's what's up that's fair that's fair Right, yeah, no, I'm just yeah. you've you've you're fried buzzing. my noodles a little bit, so I'm I've been just quickly. <laughs> okay, so I'll end on this. I'll end the value part on aggression. So what can we do about aggression? Uh, and this is a part the part right away about changing Al, about changing us, right, and about <laughs> realizing Scott that it's a symptom. They're not doing this on purpose. And it, and how do we get there? It's by checking ourselves. You know, Ice Cube says famously, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. And, and how you check yourself before your interaction. Do you respond or do you react? Yeah. Who's leading the way? Is your nervous system leading the way, Al, or is your executive functioning leading the way? I'll tell you which one is going to make a better situation better. You can at least, when I start working with parents, we start with one meltdown a day. If your kid has 20, we just want to stop one, and you're more than welcome to screw up the other 19. We just want yeah. one. Because once we could do it once, that is purposeful, like that we, this is, we know what's going on in the brain. We got a good idea. We make it happen. We just didn't guess. You do that once, you could do it again. You could do it again. You could do it again. And we've been, uh, you know, our online programs uh, and our content have been, from what people tell me, have been able to really help that because 
you are less burnt out, less fried, and that gives you the energy to absolutely show up for your kid and then also be an advocate because oftentimes uh, society and the system is more frustrating to deal with than our kids. Yeah. 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 So you could take a walk. That's what I did when I was really pissed off. Take a walk. Okay. Because if you are in your own fight or flight, uh, you, you, you know, you can't be a lit match going into a fireworks factory. That's what I always say, right? You can't <laughs> boom, boom. Yeah. They're going to follow you. They're going to follow you. So make yeah. sure that means take a lap, go to the bathroom, take a breath, uh, you know, remove yourself from the situation, sleep on it. Please, when you have severe cortical arousal, like you're very stressed out and high stress, do not make any rash decisions. Yeah. Have a good cry. This is hard, man. This is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I can easily stand in front of a thousand people and talk like it's no big deal. But you ask me to come watch your kids. I'll get palpitations because it is it's hard. It is yeah. it, it has brought me to my knees. And, and and if you feel like that, you are not alone. Uh, and that's a shame. And that's what we're trying to trying to change, you know. So mm. uh, those are just some specific things. But, you know, we, we when you're when, in my world, we get into the whole regulation and how to do it and how to manage it. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. No, no, it's, oh, it's, yeah. What's up? What well, it's interesting because there's there's parallels between you know the work that I do, which is across a whole range of children with you know complex That's, needs. Yes, I know, but it's it's all brain though, Al. Yeah, just drop FASD and let's just look at humans with that presupposition is that nobody wants to be an ass. And if something is happening, it is neurologically based because our brain is in control of everything we do. So when yeah. people call our kids lazy, manipulative, unmotivated, pray tell, where in the brain is that? Or when they say our kids um, are just acting, they're just making it up because they're just using their disability as an excuse, right? Well, how can you just turn a disability on and off? Like, where does that happen, right? If our kids really were, you know, really were manipulating, manipulating means they get away with it. We get upset because they're not very good with their stories and there's big gaps. And so we think they're trying to pull the wool over our eyes and take advantage of us. And we were taught at a young age for not to be taken advantage of, to protect yourself, you know, if people. Uh, and so their symptoms clash with so many of our values. That's a whole other 10 series, you know, podcast. But that's that's why it doesn't matter what's at the end of it. It's all brain. It's all brain. Scott has a brain injury. I'm sure that's already been disclosed and you can edit it if it's not. Uh, and so there's certain accommodations that need to be made pre pre or post. It's just more obvious. Uh, same with you. There's accommodations that you do even naturally every single day that yeah. if someone takes you out of that routine and now messes with your rhythm and your structure, you start to get angry, you start to get upset. And there's a whole, whole bunch of reasons uh, for that. And it's no different than our kids. It's just we have to look at them at brain value. Um, they are often in areas severely disabled. Yeah. So our expectations on them are too high. So I'll leave with this. If how mad you are at your kid tells me how much training and, and coaching that you need. Right. That mad factor. That gap. Right. Those are your expectations between their ability and what you wanted 
And then we can go into grief and loss, but that's another tangent. Okay. <laughs> wow. You're fine. Well, um, just, yeah, dude. Listen, everybody knows about my brain. We've mentioned it quite a lot. So you're all yeah, right. Yeah, I figured. Uh, I figured. But I I have to say that I have a, a new I, I have a different kind of empathy for for, for people with FASD now. I, I I don't have the same condition, but I understand how it can affect you. You know, sure. I forget words. I'm always dropping words. Always, always. I'm and then what if people are Scott, 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 and then you're forgetting words and they're like, hurry up, Scott, hurry. The expectation is to think fast and to think well. Hmm. Well, our guys might have audio processing, you know, they might have cognition issues. And so that makes it hard. So we're so fast. We don't give time to find the words. <laughs> and that's why your kids say, I don't know when you ask them something, just an FYI, but keep going. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, I, I, I sincerely think that we could. Well, you've got. So, where can people find you? Because you do a podcast. You, you know, there's so much. Yeah. More so, I, I, yes, we do, and we're getting back to it. I actually, it's. Can you believe it's been since February? Part yeah. of the, uh, if I can say this, uh, part of, you know, how I say that I really learned when I became a foster parent. But I, I found out that isn't true, not true, as actually, um, you know, living with like uh, my sister, um, who is undiagnosed, but everything I know uh, um, was on the spectrum. I was dealing with meltdowns since I was a kid. Like once I kind of right. figured this out, I didn't know my sister was on the spectrum uh, again not a doctor lawyer social worker but everything i know is all the boxes i even had written my book al and i and i didn't realize she had even done respite for me with my guy clayton uh and i still didn't know and it wasn't until her husband left and it was up to her to do all the executive functioning stuff where it went down all that to say you know uh she 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 passed away in january and so uh, she knows I'm talking about her. She know I talk about her, whether it was doing bad or or whether she was doing bad or good. Um, and having said that, I was still I went to like almost to the Arctic, came to Scotland, hosted our very first conference, uh, caregiver conference. So we're getting back. We're getting back. It was just quite this tumultuous six months. But we will we will be back and maybe uh, as soon as when you uh, whenever you drop this interview. Uh, but you can reach me at uh, the FASD Success Show. The FASD Success Show. You can reach me at all the platforms at FASD Success. We have a private Facebook group where you can join and that is free. We have a Facebook group. We have a podcast. And of course, we have online coaching programs uh, that we do once a year. So if you just hang out in our world will eventually trust me i will remind you <laughs> that we are we, we are doing that and who knows uh maybe i you know would love to be in ireland in person mm. um so i'm just putting that out there into the universe yeah well uh, we're definitely um, i would love to chat yeah, yeah we're definitely making progress a lot of progress um and um yeah hopefully hopefully soon We'll see even more progress. Um, there's there's lots of stuff going on behind yes, the scenes, yes. but certainly, you know, um, the awareness of FASD in Ireland is is definitely um, increasing. So there's lots to do, and there's lots of there's 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 very few people to do it. <laughs> so, so, so we're going to pull people in from all around the world, mm, and that's Sloan, okay. That's and, and that's Jeff okay. Noble. Oof, buddy. There's you see, get them in a room with me, lock the doors, 
Give me six <laughs> hours. It's on, right? It's on. Well, we'll make sure we they go to the bathroom. We'll get yeah. some snacks, put them in the corner. But here we go. Here we go. Uh, and I just think passion and enthusiasm breeds. Um, it's, you know, FASD is looked at as such, there's so much stigma and sadness. And while I understand the serious, I also like to provide uh, levity as well. Uh, because if we aren't laughing, we'll just be crying, right? So, uh, guys, thank you so much for having me. And I hope I didn't welcome. thank you for too much of the blabbering. Thank you for coming on at long last. And, and hopefully we'll have you back on again soon. Well, maybe not too soon, but you know, soon enough. I, I, not enough to seem like we're oh, dead, yeah, yeah. Right? but we would love it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I fill the gaps, right? Uh, we yeah, need some- exactly. Yeah, uh, Jeff. Yeah, uh, we'll get that guy. And this is going to yeah. go out actually on the 9th of September um, because ours are um, our podcast. Oh, then happy FASD day. Exactly. Yeah, and um, we'll put all the links and how people can find yeah, and all that in the show notes. Awesome. So awesome. Yeah. I appreciate it. In the meantime, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And um, yeah, uh, good luck getting back to some form of your new normal, whatever that looks like. Well, yeah, look, does it look good though? At least eh? I also had surgery. You don't have to put that in, but I also was just healing from surgery. Uh, But that's okay. Like it's a scar, right? You know, so let's, I'm ready to, you guys just got me at the right time. If you got me like when I was burnt out a few, like a month ago, I've been like, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Fucking sucks. You know? <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, cool. Is there anything else you need from me? No. All no. Good, Jeff. Thank, Thank you so we'll, much. We'll, yeah. we'll confirm when it is coming out for definite. But yeah, nice yeah, yeah. Just let, let me know. You know, it'd probably be appropriate to let Yvonne know. Yeah. Uh, here is, I'm just modeling interdependence because yeah, cool. yeah, it goes in my inbox and it gets lost. So yeah, no worries. Uh, I need, she's actually my external support specialist. That's her, that's her term. Isn't that nice? Cool. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't want to say, I didn't want to say, well, instead of saying assistant or, you know, yeah. I didn't want to, that's, I feel that's a little top downy. So I said, oh, well, what do we can call you? And I said, oh, because we normalize external support interdependence, right? So it's normalized. I need someone to help me rock and roll. Like I'm not well, same timing. I'm, I'm just mean, like, want to keep you in my good graces. So if it's up yeah. to me to do this meeting stuff, your opinion of me will dwindle. <laughs> Well, I'm going to change my name now for Al. So there you go. Yeah, you guys are the best. Okay. <laughs> Thank uh, you. So I'll, I'll yeah, leave. I'll leave you guys the best. You need anything? Yeah. Hey, let me know. Bye. 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 See you later.